Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome back to the Equippers International Podcast. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know that we have started a new study through the book of Romans. We're just getting started, only a few episodes into the study, and we're in chapter one. If you're new to the show, then welcome and join right in with us today as we look at verses three and four in chapter one. I'm going to read all of verses one through four just to put it in context, give a little bit of review of where we've been, and then focus on verses three and four. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, and who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I talked about it before. This is one big run-on sentence in English. Paul doesn't really stop anywhere in his line of thought until he gets down to the end of verse 7. But what Paul is doing is he's laying out in very methodical fashion his understanding of the gospel. First, he identifies himself as a bondservant of Christ, his calling as one who is sent of God, and that he's set apart for the purpose of the good news of God. We're going to continue to focus on that word, good news, because that's what the book of Romans is all about. It's all about really good news from God. And Paul talks about how he is a bondservant of Christ because of what Christ has done for him and the relationship that he now stands with Christ. He's a servant and he lays his life down. And we talked about it in the first episode about how these characteristics of Paul's life also, to some degree, more or less, should be true in our own lives. Our lives belong to Christ. We really are His sent ones. We may not be apostles in the truest, deepest sense of the word as those called specifically with the revelation of Christ to lay foundation in the church, but we're all called as sent ones on a very basic level. And we are sent to a lost and dying world. And our testimony and our witness is for the purpose of the good news of God. And he says there in verse 2, we talked about in the previous episode, how this gospel of God, this good news of God, was promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And we talked about how Paul is linking the essence of the message of the good news of God into the natural historical context of the children of Israel, which is contained in our Old Testament Scriptures. And Paul says there that the ministry of the prophets was not just on the natural level, calling the children of Israel always back to a righteous place with God, but on the supernatural, eternal level, they were speaking into things concerning the good news of God that was going to come through Jesus Christ. So this is a very important 
truth for Paul as he sets out in the book of Romans to expound on his understanding of God's story in the context of the children of Israel. And so it's this balance that we strike between knowing that God uses a natural vehicle in the nation of Israel to bring about his purposes, but his purposes are not only and exclusively dealing with the children of Israel, they're dealing with all of mankind universally. And we're going to see this play out over and over throughout the scriptures where God is constantly working in a direction to do for all of mankind what is necessary for them to come into a right standing with him, not just the children of Israel. So we have to strike that balance in understanding God's economy and how he worked in the natural, but to accomplish something universal. We'll talk more about that in the coming episodes, but let's focus on verses 3 and 4 specifically in this episode. Paul says that this good news of God concerns his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, and who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Now, just like I've already said, Paul recognizes two dimensions, so to speak. One, a natural fleshly dimension, and two, a spiritual eternal dimension. So first he says, and I love this in verse three, the gospel of God, the good news of God to mankind is concerning his son. You know, if you know anything about my life and my ministry and the heart that I carry, the Lord has spoken to me so deeply where he just imprinted upon my heart and my spirit, Cliff, it's all about Jesus. And I know it may sound trite, it may sound fundamental or basic, but we can never move away from the foundation of Jesus and the whole gospel of God. Everything that matters about God's dealing with mankind to bring about good news concerns Jesus. And it's so easy for us at times to get off on secondary issues. Many of those are truths that are important, but we have to always come back to the main thing. The story of God, the good news of God to mankind, which is all that matters concerns his son, concerns Jesus. And then Paul's going to identify Jesus on two levels. First, according to the flesh. He says that he was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh. Now, this is actually a very important reference. It's linking back to a scripture I'm going to read in 2 Samuel chapter 7. David plans to build God a temple in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And you can go and read the whole story there, starting in the very first part of chapter 7. In verse 12 of 2 Samuel 7, it says, When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you. Now, just a very important note here. This word descendant here and in Romans chapter 1 verse 3 is the word seed. We talked about it in the previous episode where Paul is very careful to tell us in Galatians that God's promises were to Abraham and to his seed, not to seeds, plural, but only to one. And all these prophecies of the Old Testament were pointing to the one, Jesus Christ. 
But let me go on and read in 2 Samuel. He says, I will raise up your seed after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. It's a beautiful prophecy about Jesus. Now we know on one level that God is speaking specifically to David about his son Solomon who will ultimately build the temple for God. But we also know that Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of that promise. He is the seed and that God will take him and he will establish his kingdom forever and he will build a house for the Lord. Now I'm going to skip over real quick to the book of Hebrews, which we spent a long time in. We finished that study just a few weeks ago, but I want to just read one scripture there where it ties in specifically to the prophecy in 2 Samuel 7. In Hebrews 3, it says there in chapter 3, verse 4, Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later, but Christ as a son over his house." whose house we are. So the writer of Hebrews is saying that the house that Jesus was going to build is the house that is the body of Christ. It is that place where God's spirit dwells. We are the house of God. It is our actual bodies that become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we are the household of God. We contain God's life. And this is only made possible through the work of Jesus Christ. So I just want to highlight this significant, physical, natural, Paul says, in the flesh. That's not flesh negative. It's just saying in the natural, Jesus Christ came as the seed of David as the promised one that would do what God said he would do. And so it's this natural link that Paul is doing in verse 3. But then, very importantly, he goes on in verse 4, who says he was also declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul is saying that at the resurrection, something very significant happened. Now, it wasn't that Jesus was somehow recognized only at the resurrection as the Son of God. No, he was recognized as the Son of God from the very beginning. When the angel prophesied to Mary about being pregnant, he told her that the one you're carrying is the Son of God. And on and on at his birth and at his recognition of Simeon in the temple and specifically at the baptism of John the Baptist when Jesus was baptized, he came out of the water and the Holy Spirit descended upon him and the voice from heaven declared, this is my son. But Paul is doing something very important here. He's linking the ultimate declaration of Jesus as the son of God to the resurrection because it was at the resurrection that the power of God was demonstrated over the power of death. And this was the ultimate expression of the deity 
deity of Jesus, that not only could he come and teach as a rabbi with great wisdom and revelation, he could prophesy, he could do great works of miracles. Now, we know that other people throughout the Bible did works of miracles, but nobody was raised from the dead never to die again. All the resurrections of the scripture were temporary, temporal resurrections. They were a resuscitation of natural life to a person. But the resurrection of Jesus was accomplished by the power of the spirit of holiness. It's a unique way that Paul speaks of the Holy Spirit here. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of holiness. It's the spirit of God that worked in a unique capacity to raise Jesus's body from the dead and to recreate it into an eternal human body. I know this may sound kind of interesting or foreign to you at first, but it's very foundational to the understanding of the gospel for Paul, and it needs to be very foundational to our understanding of the gospel. Now, we're going to look at it in much more detail in the weeks to come as we get into Paul's understanding of the resurrection, especially when we look at Romans chapter 6. We're going to link over to 1 Corinthians 15, but Paul is just declaring in this prologue that there was a declaration, there was a proving that Jesus was the Son of God at the resurrection. So I wanted to focus on these truths in this episode. And the next episode, we're going to go into chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, and we'll get out of this prologue in the next episode, and we'll move in to some of the introductory comments that Paul has for the Roman believers. But I want to encourage us today that the focus of the good news of God is in Jesus Christ. His identity is firmly rooted and grounded on the fleshly natural lines of a descendant of David, the seed that was prophesied as the one that would come and God would establish his kingdom forever and he would establish and build the house of God whose house we are and he was declared the ultimate son of God by the power of the resurrection to never die again. This is good news. This is the heartbeat of the gospel. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more. 